When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the playoffs, and I don't, I cannot think of a better time to look at a potential Super Bowl path for the Cowboys than now. And tonight, that is what we'll do. We'll also talk about some early thoughts on a potential quarterback all-out duel between Dak Prescott and Jordan Love. We'll talk about Jerry Jones's comments on Mike McCarthy's job security, and maybe even some halftime thoughts about Washington, Michigan. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. Here we go. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me as you join the stream. Welcome, everyone, on a Monday night. It is a great night to talk some Cowboys football. We waited until halftime of the National Football, of the National Championship in college football, because I know you guys are watching it, or at least most of you guys. I know I'm watching it, and I thought for a second that that game was going to turn into a blowout right away. Turns out it didn't. Didn't, though. It, it, it is a close one at halftime, right, with that clutch touchdown drive by Michael Penix and the Washington Huskies. So we'll see what it happens. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, later in, in the game tonight. But in the meantime, let's talk some Cowboys, though. And I can see you in the chat, Mark. Mark is asking, is that computer charged? Yes, sir. It is charging. It is charging, uh, Mark Aaron. Uh, I had to check. I had to triple check this time around. Uh, welcome, everyone, into the show. Thank you for joining me. Uh, tonight, what I wanted to do with you was a little bit of a scouting activity. Not, not scouting the Green Bay Packers. And, and we will talk a little bit about Jordan Love and Dak Prescott a little bit later on the show. Uh, but I mean more of scenario scouting. Because Dallas is the number two seed in the NFC. And boy, the NFC picture, the NFC playoff picture has become quite a fun one. Because the other two games, and you know, obviously Green Bay can, can be a headache for Dallas. I understand that. I don't want to act like the Cowboys have a guaranteed playoff win in the wildcard round. But the other two games are much closer. And at least if you look at the betting spreads, it seems like, Vegas agrees, right? Philly and Tampa have a very slim play, uh, betting spread. Same for Rams and Lions. And then the Cowboys are the largest betting spread in the NFC because they're 7.5 favorites versus the Green Bay Packers. So tonight, though, what I wanted to do was go through the likeliest playoff or Super Bowl path for Dallas. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to share my screen and we're going to use the NFL's Super Bowl Challenge website where we can just run through the bracket very quickly. If we talk about the likeliest path to the Super Bowl, then you're making it easy because you're talking about 
probability, if you say likeliest. And if that is the case, then you got to go with the betting spreads, in my opinion, and go with the favorites. And don't worry, we will play around with it. I just want us to get to know what the scenarios might be on January for Dallas. So if we want, if you go with the favorites, you would have the Cowboys beating the Green Bay Packers. You would have the Lions beating the Rams. And you would have Philly winning on the road against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, I know a lot of us will have doubts about that one. And that would set up the divisional round for Dallas against Detroit. And then Philly would go on and visit the, the 49ers. Now, let me know in the chat, by the way, if there is one of those games in the wildcard round that you think ends differently. Let me know in the chat what do you think about that. Because I see Lunar Love right away in the chat saying, Philly's not beating anyone. And, and you know what? I see, I see your point 100%. I don't, I don't know what to think about the Philly Bucks game. Because the thing is, personally, and I've said this since the regular season, I'm also not that high on the Bucks. So it's kind of a weird game to predict for me. Uh, and we'll look at the scenarios if Philly does not win, right, uh, in a little bit here. But then let's say that we're, we're sticking with the favorites for this first portion of the scenarios, right? Dallas would be favored over Detroit. And, I, and let me say this. Not a fan, man. Not a fan of facing Detroit in the divisional round. If there is one thing that I can say, one positive thing that I can say about the Lions is that I 100% believe in Dan Campbell being like this insane motivator. And boy, he's going to have that team fired up after the controversial stuff from earlier in the season. Whether they are right or not, right? Whether it was not a steal of a game or not. Because I think it wasn't a steal. Whether Aiden Hutchinson tripped Peyton Henderson's shot or attempted to trip uh, Tony Pollard more, more accurately, uh, he's still going to have them fired up. So that's a game that I, I'm not a fan of, if I'm being honest with you. But then the Niners obviously would be favored over the Eagles. And then you would have the Cowboys over San Francisco. San Francisco would be favored. But Dallas, since we're talking about the Dallas path to the Super Bowl, that would be the path to the Super Bowl. The Packers in the wildcard round, the Lions in the divisional round, and then the ever-so-fearful, fearsome 49ers game in the NFC Championship game. Now, if we kind of reset this, and I don't know how easy I can reset this, uh, let's, let's get crazy here. Let's say Philly wins. Philly doesn't change a whole lot, I think, uh, between the Tampa Bay Bucks and, and, the, and the Eagles. The game that could really change the playoff path for Dallas is if Matthew Stafford goes to Detroit and brings down Jared Goff and company. And boy, it could happen. It could absolutely happen. Because the way that that secondary for the Lions has looked, it's one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. So if you if you walk into the Detroit, if you walk into fourth field with Puka and Cooper at wide receiver and Matthew Stafford throwing the ball, as long as they take care of Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson... They can win that ball game. So if that if that happened, and let's say that the Eagles win, the, the Bucs win, excuse me, just for fun, this is what the divisional round would look like. Man, Eagles, if, if Rams, if the Rams win, and then the Cowboys get either the Bucs or the Eagles, that's the easiest. That's the easiest Super Bowl path that you can think of, in my opinion. I'm not sure which is easier. 
Philly or Tampa, because I'm not sure what to make out of those two teams, honestly, at this point. Uh, the Eagles are in a cold streak, so I would definitely prefer to face the Eagles, I think. But then again, it's a divisional opponent, and I'm not sure I like that. <laughs> I would just maybe much rather face Baker Mayfield and company. But they have some wide receivers, so that makes me think, too. Like, hey, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, there's some serious weapons over there in, in Tampa. So I'm not sure who I would want between those two. But I look at this playoff scenario, and I'll tell you this. This is the outcome you're rooting for if you're a Cowboys fan. You're rooting for the Rams in the wildcard round, in my opinion. Because let me say this too. Out of Philly, Detroit, Rams, Green Bay. I'm not going to include Dallas here because I do think Dallas is a good, very good football team that I would still put above the Rams. But out of those teams, if one of them is going to bring down the Niners, it's going to be LA. Like, that's a team that would bring down the Niners. And if that happens, then you're hosting the NFC Championship game. And I, I'm talking crazy now, but you know what I mean. If, if somebody's going to bring down the Niners, it's going to be Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan, just like he did back in the 2021-2022 playoffs. I know Shanahan's record over McVay is insanely positive for Shanahan, but he did get him in the postseason, and that's a rivalry that could make things interesting. And if you get to that point, imagine hosting the NFC Championship game. But at least, you know, even if the Niners win that one, you have an easier divisional game against Tampa than if you have the Lions coming to town. I would much rather face either Philly or Tampa in the divisional round over the Lions. Heck no, you ain't talking crazy, says people historically overcoming obstacles daily. That's a long YouTube name. <laughs> yeah, he says, uh, heck no, you ain't talking crazy. I'm 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 thinking the S. Oh, I don't I don't know what the S is, but uh but if you're talking about LA possibly beating the Niners, I mean it's doable. It's the NFL after all. So I agree with you. Maybe I'm not talking crazy. Uh, but the Niners are definitely gonna be. Significant favorites over the Rams, right? If the Lions are three and a half point favorites over the Rams, I would imagine the Niners would be favored by seven and a half, honestly, versus the LA Rams. That that doesn't mean that they don't have a chance at beating them. They do, but it would be a surprise. It would be one of the biggest surprises in the postseason to see San Francisco go down. Because that's, for many, the team to beat, right? But man, the Eagles could lose, the Tampa Bay Bucks could lose, and the Detroit Lions even could lose to the LA Rams. So if you're a Cowboys fan, you're, you are, uh, are, oh, you're thinking the same. Sh all right, all right, I see you, I see you. You're taking the same, the, you're thinking the same shit as me. All right, I, I see you. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're rooting for LA in, in the first round of the playoffs. Let's see what you guys think, man, because I asked you which, which outcome would you change out of the original scenario that I laid out for you. Bruce says, Modi, the, the feeling is uh is always F Philly. <laughs> there you go. Katharina says, I believe it's the Cowboys and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, says Katharina. Oh, that would be crazy. If, if the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl, that would be crazy. And if the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl, maybe Dallas is favored. Like, just based on what we've seen this season. Maybe what we see in the playoffs in that scenario changes things. But I would assume uh, Dallas would be favored over the Chiefs. In the Super Bowl. I got to tell you though. I got to tell you. Those those AFC teams. Look beatable. I think that the Cowboys man. The, the, the one thing that keeps you afraid. 
if you are the Cowboys, is San Francisco. Uh, but let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, Lunar, I think, said that she had the Rams and the Bucks winning. There you go. Let's see here. Uh, Tampa might beat Phil. This is Florida. Yep. Eagles are sad, says Cam. Mike Evans' masterclass is big against Philly. We hope so. I think the Rams will beat the Lions, says Mark Aaron. The thing about the Bucks, by the way, and, you know, I really don't have faith in Philly making a run at this thing because I know about the struggles. You know about the struggles. A.J. Brown is banged up now, so I don't know what that offense consists of. Before, it was inside zone till we die. That was the Eagles' mentality, right? We'll run inside zone until they got to drag us off of this field, and then we'll mix in the occasional bomb to A.J. Brown. Now that's off the table. Now you cannot just shoot those bombs to, to A.J. Brown. If he, if he doesn't play, and I'm not sure what his status is going to be for game day when the time comes, they do play on Monday, which gives them one extra day of rest. Say that A.J. Brown doesn't play for now. Let's just assume that. Let's live in that world for a little bit. Or, or let's say that he's seriously banged up to the point where he's not that big of a threat. And then you assume Devonta Smith becomes the number one guy. That is not, that is not how Devonta Smith scares you. I think that Devonta scares you as a number two, not as a number one, if I'm being honest with you. And even less so with the way that the Eagles run their offense, where it's not really an easy offense. They're not making life easy on, on that offense. Uh, maybe they are in a way with the tush push and with how good the offensive line is. But schematically speaking, that is an offense that has no answers. And it has no answers against pressure specifically. They don't have pressure beaters. They don't have a solid plan versus blitzes. They don't. That's what's killed the Eagles for, for even more than this season. You go back to last year, and one of the reasons why they struggled in the games that they struggled was because they didn't have an answer for any of that. So Eagles have been so weird this year that I agree they could go out in the first round. But I'll say this, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks are terrible at running the ball, so they're going to struggle. This is a team that had a must-win scenario to secure the NFC South, and they were not able to score a touchdown on the Carolina Panthers. Now, they didn't make Bryce Young look particularly good, which is at least a positive for them, but they won that game in Week 18 9 to nothing. So the Bucs are no, no perfect team either, you know? So when I say, you know, the Eagles might might win it, I'm not even like making the Eagles, like I'm not raising them. I, I just maybe I cannot raise the Bucks that much. But I'm still not sure which who, who I'm picking, to be honest. A likeliest path to the Super Bowl, though I'm using the favorite for the first scenario, right? Uh, but Lunar is completely right here. You know, the, the, the Eagles have been squeaking past this entire season. You look at their wins, their one-score games, their last five, their, their last six games, they went one and five. But let me say this, that one, you know, one five, that one win, that one win was in Philly versus the New York Giants. The New York Giants that lost Tommy DeVito in the game and then they had Tyra Taylor enter the game and then immediately turn the game into a nightmare for them because Tyra Taylor was moving the ball on them. I think he had like three drives where he pushed the offense at least 30 yards. So he was moving the ball in that one. 
and he was making it a struggle for them. I had somebody tell me early in the year when the Eagles were racking up one-score games and they were undefeated, somebody told me they're the 2020 Steelers. You remember that team? The 2020 Steelers that were undefeated. I think they went like 11-0 or 12-0 or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure when it was broken, their streak. But that 2020 Steelers team went deep into the season with a perfect record. And then they just collapsed later in the year. And somebody told me earlier in the year, man, the Eagles are the 2020 Steelers. And you know what? I said, hey, they're not one of the best teams in the NFC. I, I think the Cowboys are the better team, but I wouldn't go as far as calling them the 2020 Steelers. Man, I think <laughs> I think I would. Like with what we know now, they're definitely that sort of a team that is winning these like contested situations. So yeah, I'm going to go with that playoff picture scenario where Dallas faces Detroit in the in the divisional round. But man, just seeing the LA Rams advance would change everything for Dallas, in my opinion. Let's see here. Uh, Eagles are in shit, says Cam. I love how people express themselves about the Eagles because, man, Cowboys fans, we're, we're taking a victory lap lately. We're, we're, let's hope. Let's hope, man. Let's hope for the best moving forward. MF Star says the Giants beating the Eagles this past week and the Rams beating the 49ers gives me hope. And, you know, the Rams-49ers game was a very specific situation going on where you had the backups playing each other. It was Carson Wentz versus Sam Darnold in week 18 because they, they rested their starters. Uh, that being said, though, yeah, if, if the Rams beat the, the Lions, oh boy, they could bring down the Niners. And, and the reason why I say that is not because they're the superior roster or anything like that, but I would argue that that is the one team that has the best chance other than the Cowboys to beat the Niners in the playoffs, even more so than the Lions. Even more so than the Lions. Because the Lions, I think we would see the, the version of Jared Goff when he is pressured. I think we would see him crumble a little bit against San Francisco. But the Rams, man, it's Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan. And that's going to be a close game nine times out of ten in my opinion. They, they had a close game earlier in the year. Now, completely different teams, maybe. But they had a close game. And I think it speaks volumes about that rivalry. Gregory says Stafford is no joke. And I was talking about this with my brother earlier today. You guys know that I talk a lot about the NFL with my brother. He's a Patriots fan, though. And he agrees with me that Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the NFC, I believe. Uh, I think he does. But we were talking about, I know the Brock Purdy thing is controversial because some people see Brock Purdy like a very legitimate QB. I think he's good. I think we cannot underrate what he's done this season. But I would argue that Stafford is the second best QB in the NFC in this postseason. Let me know if you agree or disagree with that. If you look at just the quarterbacks and you go Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, Brock Purdy, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Jordan Love, and Dak Prescott, I would rank the QBs as Dak Prescott. Number two, I would put Matthew Stafford in there. And then I'm not sure about where I, I'd go with at number three. Let me tell you something, though. If Jordan Love keeps playing the way that he's playing beyond this year, 
he's going to be in that conversation because Jordan Love has been legit, legit this season. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit here on the show. But I wanted, I wanted to lead up with that about Stafford. So I agree with you guys. I, I, I agree with you guys. Uh, Katharina says, they, they, or they try to confuse the refs again. The Lions is Katharina talking about a hypothetical Lions game. And the reason why I love that comment is because the Lions are, are being petty on social media. I don't know if you've seen this, but the Lions tweeted out a a, a pregame picture of the of the like the pregame walk to the locker room where I think it's who is it? I think it's uh man, I forget the name of this guy, even though we talked so much about them. I think it's it, I think it's later. Is it Slater? Or is it, yeah, I think it's Rashawn Slater entering the the locker room and they tweet out like a picture of, oh, dance keeper reporting for duty. Like they, they use the, the, the wrong name as a joke. And then they had dance keeper catch a pass on the game versus the Vikings and they went, screw it. Uh, dance keeper as a receiver or as a eligible receiver highlights. And they use like the same play over and over again. Listen, I love social media teams having fun, but I also think it was like, really? It's been two weeks now. Come on, move on. <laughs> but hey, let them have their fun. Uh, as I said, man, I don't want to face Alliance again. Now, that's, that's a game that I, even though I would pick the Cowboys again, I just don't want to see it, personally. Lunar Love says, Love really turned it around. He was having some bad games. And I remember watching many of those games early in the season where you saw him make mistakes but you also saw how broken the whole offense was. There were a lot of drops early in the season for Jordan Love. There was a lot of miscommunication. So you watch those games closely, and sure, I agree. He turned it around because he made a lot of mistakes, but he also looked like, you know, you could see the building blocks there. You could see that, hey, this thing could really come together down the road, especially with Matt LaFleur calling the plays. That's what they did, man. They ended up with a with a playoff berth, and now Dallas has to worry about them. But anyways, Big says, agreed Staff, Stafford can be really good. I think the Rams are the stronger team since Jimmy. Detroit goes down. Man, it's going to be a fun game to watch for sure. Let's move on a little bit here, and let's, let's keep talking about Jordan Love now. Let's keep talking about Jordan Love because that's, that's the guy that's in our minds right now. Let me tell you something. I was reading over some Green Bay articles for from ADC Sports. Wendell Ferreira does a tremendous job covering the Packers for us, and so does Evan Winter. So I think we're talking about a ball game where if you look at the Packers, you know about the weakness by now. Everyone has told you that, hey, that Joe Barry-led defense can be gotten, it can be beaten, and it will likely be beaten by the Cowboys' offense. But when you look at the Packers' offense, there's reason to be concerned about this unit because they've got playmakers at wide receiver. They've got a solid running game, and they've got a better offensive line than I thought, honestly. They've got a right tackle, Zach Tom is his name, that has consistently graded as one of the best tackles in the league. And sure, I'm taking Micah in any battle because we've seen him do tremendous work against some of the top linemen in the NFL. But it's still not an easy game for Micah 
But specifically, when you look at Jordan Love, they've got a legit QB man in there. It's, it's really impressive what he's done. Let me show you a clip from last week's game. And I know, I know, it's the Chicago Bears. I'm not sure that we want to use the Chicago Bears defenses like this situation where you want to show it to everybody. But let me say this. Third and eight. Need a first down to move the chains and win the ball game. And this is what Jordan Love does. I want you to look at this play. Jordan Love extends the play. And look at that throw. Let me show that to you again. That's not an easy play to make. He's under pressure. I mean, I know I'm not showing you like the most complicated throw that you've seen in the NFL, but it's consistent. It's just consistent. There are some plays where he is stepping up into pressure and throwing the ball. Let me hit you with some numbers here very quickly. First and foremost, he's the third least pressured quarterback in the NFL in terms of drop back percentage where he's under pressure. So that's a testament to him, to the scheme, and of course, to the offensive line. Rarely is he pressured. Now, Dallas is not any pass rush, of course. They're going to get to him, but it's not going to be that easy. When he is under pressure, he's top five in big time throw percentage, according to Pro Football Focus, and he's got the third best passing grade in the NFL when his dropbacks are under two and a half seconds, where his passes go out in under two and a half seconds. So, you know, he they, they've got a clean offense going on. And, and that's a huge testament to, to, to Matt LaFleur and the work he's done. I still believe he remains one of the best play callers in the league, offensively speaking. And when we get to Sunday, I think there's a reason why Cowboys Packers, he's at 48 and a half. When you look at the total, odds makers are expecting some points from both sides. And I think we might get some. Uh I mean, I think we might get a, a, oh boy, Michigan is about to score already. Let me throw that up here so that I just don't miss anything and we can keep having this show uh, in peace. I promise I won't take too much of your time, though. I know you want to see the second half of the game, but I don't want to rush the ending of this show either. So <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it like this. All right, there you go. I've got the ball game going on right now in my phone. All right. So... When you talk about this ballgame, man, and, and when you look at this offense for the Green Bay Packers, that's that's a game where you need Micah Parsons to be at his best. You need Demarcus Lawrence to be at his best. You're going to need this pass rush to really turn it up and access a side of Jordan Love that we haven't seen that much this year. Because, again, he's rarely been pressured. And it's one thing to be pressured and another thing to be pressured as quickly as Micah Parsons does it because Micah just gets there man Micah do you remember those numbers from the Dolphins game where he got like there he got to two uh, in under two and a half seconds in the majority of his pressures pretty much all of them it's a different ball game with with number 11 on the field and I think that's going to be the key for this one I do think, and we'll talk more about this later in the week. And by the way, make sure you tune in on Wednesday because we're going to have Aisha Morrison joining the show and we're going to be talking some Cowboys Packers and it's going to be so fun. I we, we had a show together in August during the preseason and it was a banger, man. I love that episode. Uh, so I'm looking forward to talking to Aisha uh, later in the week, Wednesday. Make sure you tap in 8 p.m. 
put an alarm so you don't forget about that show. Uh, but one of the things that we're going to talk about is I think this is a Micah Parsons in the A-gap kind of game where they put him in that spinner position, they call it, right, where he is not an off-ball linebacker, but he's a stand-up one technique or a stand-up uh, nose tackle. He's over the center and picks it, picks and chooses where he's going to attack. Uh, I think it's that kind of ball game for, for Micah on this one because that's the weak spot maybe of the Packers' offensive line. I think the right tackle, man, he's, he's good enough to where you don't want Micah necessarily going up against him every single down. Maybe you want to exploit some other mismatches. Anton says, I watched Love play three times in Utah State, where I'm from. He's a strong-minded and athletic QB, so we got to impose our pain on him. And that is true. Man, if you remember, if you look back to Jordan Love's draft process, the comparisons were straight up Patrick Mahomes. And hold on, hold on, don't worry. We're not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. But the reason behind that is like, he's got that insane arm that it was all about him putting it together at the NFL level. Well, he's had time. And his first year in the NFL, he's, he's put it together. 32 passing touchdowns in the league does not happen just because, you know, you have a good coach or something like that. You, you have to be doing something right if you have 32 touchdowns. Dak Prescott led the NFL with 36, just to give you an idea. But anyways, we'll talk more about that later in the week. I just want to start getting into this Green Bay Packers mindset where we're talking about what's ahead for Dallas. Uh, the matchup between cornerbacks and wideouts is also going to be cool. They've got some good dudes in Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, and Tavion Wicks, who had two touchdowns in the season finale, by the way. And now you're going to get Stephon Gilmore for this game, too. They might get Christian Watson returning. And I mean the Gilmore thing, because we were afraid maybe that was not going to be the case. But he's he he. it sounds like he's going to be ready to go. So that's promising. But... With the Cowboys playing that much man coverage, the boundary aspect of this game is going to be so fun to watch. So fun to watch. But anyways, let's move on a little bit here in the show. Let's keep it going as we get ready to watch the second half of the national championship, which has already started, by the way. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this quote, and then we'll get out of here. Let me know what you think. Do you like or dislike that Jerry Jones basically declined an opportunity to reinforce Mike McCarthy's status with the Cowboys. If you missed the quote, I'm going to give you it right now. He was asked about a report. Adam Schefter had a report out about McCarthy's job security, depending on how good or how well the Cowboys play in the postseason. Jerry was asked about this report, and this is his answer. He said, I just think his record speaks for itself. I think of what he's done and that we put ourselves in this position over these last three years. I think that does speak for itself. We've got a lot of football left and no small part thanks to Mike. Here's the key part. Here's where he ended his answer. We will see how each game goes. Why though? Do you like or dislike that message from Gary Jones? And all you had to do was not at that last part where you're saying it's going to be a game-by-game game type of deal. And I hate, I don't want to make too, mo too much out of it. 
But you know how Jerry is. And I'm not even saying like McCarthy's in the hot seat or anything like that. But I'm going to be pretty honest with you. I absolutely despise Jerry tossing that out there to the world and to the media space. Uh, and maybe he knows what he's doing, right? Maybe he's just trying to get the conversation going. But at this point, Mike McCarthy, in my opinion, deserves better. When you've coached this team to three consecutive 12-win seasons to its second division title in three years, and when you're getting the best football you've ever seen from Dak Prescott, one, not only is he or he shouldn't be in the hot seat, but two, you don't say before the first playoff game that, hey, we'll see how it goes. We'll evaluate as we go. I mean, he didn't say that like that, but that's basically what you're saying when you say, we'll see how each game goes. So I absolutely hate it. And I know, I know many people will go like, man, it's just Jerry. Don't make a big deal out of it. It's Jerry being Jerry. We shouldn't be surprised. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised, but I, it still pisses me off to have that conversation be out there in these week and for you to have put it that way. Because he could have said, man, if he had given that answer, you know, the record speaks for itself and maybe left it open-ended and not go anywhere with it, I would have been fine with it. But the fact that he added, we'll see how each game goes, man, it, it just upsets me, <laughs> to be honest with you. Because uh, in reality, I do think Mike's job is safe. I don't think he's coaching for his job or anything like that. And the reason for that is I, I just think people underestimate how difficult it is to get three consecutive 12-win seasons and to have this level of an offense, which is all Mike's doing, honestly, right? Specifically because maybe, I mean, I would be willing to bet that the biggest part of this offense that is the responsibility of Mike McCarthy is the passing game more than the running game. And the passing game is what's working. And he has been able to have CeeDee Lamb be upgraded from a top-tier wide receiver to perhaps the best wide receiver in the NFL. And that's in part because of how he's been able to use uh, CeeDee. So I just I just don't like that being out there. And from, from what I'm seeing in the chat, you guys are with me on this one. Peter Rizzo says he dislikes it. <clears throat> Cam says he doesn't like it. Bruce says he hates it. Cam says dislike. Dude is delusional. Katharina says, I think if we don't win the Super Bowl, Quinn is our head coach, Mo. I don't, I don't think so, honestly. I think it's Mike, and I think it should be Mike. And I think that the Dan Quinn stuff, like I get it. He's a he's a great defensive coach. But man, I would have a very, very tough time arguing for him over Mike McCarthy with what he's done this year as the offensive play caller. Don't like much of what Jerry says as Gregory. Jerry being Jerry, Mike isn't going anywhere. And I agree. I don't, I don't think uh I don't think Mike is going anywhere. I, I think I've said this before, and I'm not rooting for it or anything like that, but I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think if Dallas loses in the wildcard round, Mike McCarthy is your head coach next year. And some people might hate me saying that, but I strongly believe that. Still, I don't think the Cowboys will lose in the wildcard round. I think they win that one. And then we'll talk later about the divisional round. But uh, for now, yeah, that's that's where, where, where I'm at with this whole situation. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, 
Let's move on. Let's go watch Washington versus Michigan. It is the third quarter, 20 to 10, Michigan right now. And it seems like Washington is near the red zone. So let's go watch the game. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow here on A to Z Sports Dallas Primetime. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show, especially with such a game being played right now on TV. Appreciate you more than you can know. Hit the like button for me if you enjoyed this. And let's get this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. See you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Have a good night, everyone. Bye-bye.